So this is part two of a two-episode series. We recommend you go to part one where you found this before you listen. Thanks for stopping by. My name's Colin Wagstaff. I'm John Lynch. This is now part two of our continuing journey, the journey called uh, Violence is Personal, around... Northern Ireland. And Ireland. And Ireland, yes. Recording. Day three, Tale of Two Roads. Yes. That was the start, at least. Yeah, so we we wake up in Belfast, and um, I think because we'd been there at night, we decided to go back to um, the Shankill Road. Give it another go. Yes, just what it's like in yeah. daylight, because I think we've been shocked by the barriers and the walls and all yeah. that kind of stuff. So we are, Nothing you'd want to put in a tourist brochure. No. No. Not at all. So we're walking along, and then suddenly one of us spots it would. It was something which looked a bit like a library, and I can't remember exactly what it said, but it was sort Action of Action for Community Transformation. A ACT. That's right, ACT, and um, it seemed to be um, uh, a, a display or, or a visitor centre of some sort. Yeah. So we thought. You knocked on the door. I was going. What is he doing? <laughs> I honestly, did. I said, "This is a bit much." <laughs> Oh, yeah, of course, you had to ring a bell, didn't you? To you had to in. ring a bell to get in, intercom. Yeah. Hey, he's there. <laughs> yeah, come down. Yeah. What's the password? Yeah, in, in retrospect, that was a silly thing to do. Yeah. But we sort of walk, walked in, and it was clearly, it was um, it, it was a, um, what was it? How do you describe it? It was a, a, a visitor centre, I suppose. A visitor centre to get across the, the, the voice of the uh, less heard yes. Shankill residents' yes. point of view. Really. Um, and and what I couldn't quite work out was that it was it was on one hand it was saying it's about reconciliation that seemed to be the objective of it yeah uh, that was the objective of this 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 organisation but what you had was a fairly partial um, to say the very least yeah. um, um, retelling of the story um, of, of the troubles we talked we talked also we'll talk later about the troubles why why is the troubles that such a small word for such a, such a big thing so. Imagine, if you will, that there's a space, and around the wall you've got the, the times and dates. Uh, then, um, and then somebody comes downstairs, from upstairs downstairs, and starts talking to us. William. And, um, He's the guy who answered the door, wasn't it? He? he let us in. Yes, he did. Yeah. And he went upstairs and then came back downstairs. And we, we fairly quickly, I did at least, got a sense of we were being checked up on and what are they doing. Yeah, why you, they you more than me, which is interesting. Because yeah. I was naively wandering around thinking, these poor people are... Trying their best to yes. make it, and uh, I was a sense of welcoming, but you were yes. you were getting a sense of yeah. keeping an eye on. And in retrospect, the whole thing was them keeping an eye on us in case. Who are these two guys? Yes. I was tempted to make the joke we're on our uh, wedding anniversary, <laughs> but uh, two grown men yeah, yeah. wandering in off the streets, yeah. English English accent, Irish accent. Yeah. It was, it was a, and they kept saying, uh, this is why I think you were right in the end, oh, make sure you put a note in the uh, visitor's book. Yes. Because that was to, who so, the hell are these yeah, people? They, they, were, they were insistent that, that, yeah. that, we, that we fill the visitor book in. So, so we'll talk about the individual in, in a minute, but then, and in some ways I thought, okay, it, there's clearly a bias here, but they're trying to tell the story. And then off this central area had various rooms, and, and one of the rooms we went into, the second room we went into, was basically a um, it's it's I can only describe it as 
it's a selfie room. So you're, you're supposed to have your photograph taken, uh, and, and what it is, the backdrop of it is, is um, Lord Carson signing the, basically, the, the Ulster Declaration. The Ulster Covenant. The, the Ulster Covenant, saying that we don't want to be part of Ireland, we want to be part of the UK. And, and there's a table um, which has got a Union flag on it, and you're supposed to lean on the table and pretend you're signing, and then it's almost like it's a selfie, so you can put yourself in it. And it's one of, if you think about it, bearing in mind just how um, inflammatory that whole thing is, for, for them to create a space where you can effectively insert yourself into one of the most inflammatory pieces of Irish history, mm. it, it's just extraordinary. And then another part of it, they, um, I didn't know, the, the, it was the Kesh. The Kesh was Long Kesh, um, yeah. internment camps where people were in, 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 uh, locked up in Athens for many years. And so it was, for me, it started to move very quickly from being not an um, impartial telling of the story, but it had a very, very clear viewpoint. And then we spoke to William, who was a very polite, very articulate uh, individual who fairly quickly told us that he had been um, in the cache for 13 years. So, um, and William, I subsequently looked up, he was a member of the UBF, which is 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 a terrorist organisation, as yeah. as um, as decided by um, the UK. So he is a te- we've met a terrorist, and we're talking to a terrorist who is articulate um, and seems in some ways very reasonable. Yeah. But in other ways, he didn't. And they, they said a few things because we asked about the barriers, um, are the walls going to come down? No, the walls never going to come down. Um, that all said, he he did, and then he went away, and another guy came down, William, to make to make sure that we weren't doing anything. Or and this guy was an ex prison guard, is that right? Yeah, he was an ex prison guard. Yeah, or he had worked within the prison industry, which might have been called where he'd been in prison for years, but I, I doubt it. I think he got. Uh, I, I hadn't that, thought that. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. You know, was he a, was he a guest of Her Majesty, or was he working at the an employee or guest? Quite, guess, quite a yeah. difference. Um, so it's and both of them qualified lots of things. I felt they made statements. William was also interesting in the fact that he was in a he, he was in his seventies. Yes, he looked sprightly. Yes, in his tracksuit and his yes. Northern Irish football yeah. top uh, yeah. and tracksuit uh, with the big emblem. Uh, he had yes. been to the stadium, which is the bar. Yes, very very soccer focused, which I thought. But uh, again. Not being the cynic, friendly. Yes. Uh, but when I asked the questions, he was asking, you know, make sure you put your name in the in the visitors yes. book, and and this is the uh, this is this, and this is that. You know, yes. he had he was pointing us towards certain points, but I never he did want to want to get us out. Yes, uh, uh, towards the end, we spent nearly an hour there, and so we might have been boring them. <laughs> <laughs> Almost certainly. So, but the, the strange thing was that they wanted to escort us off the premises. They said, "No, we'll show you out." Yeah. The door was literally ten feet away from us, but they wanted to show us out. But then that big, we'll come back to more in a minute. But then one of the guys actually took us out and and showed us around the memorial, uh, if you can call it that, which we've seen the night before. This this memorial had the picture of the burnt the, the body. body um, it had the, the, I, the guy who threw the bomb. Sorry, the 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 yeah. memorial was the wrecked fish and chip shop, wasn't it? Blow, it was yeah, chip blown out 
the IRA and forty million. Uh, uh, and and it was just these. What, what was it? How can you describe it? Like the walls were about six foot. Yes. And you what? As you but no roof on it. No, it was sort of open air, but lots of places to put. They're not posters. These are sort of laminated. They'll be there forever. Yeah. And, and you're about to say, and they they one of the people who did the bombing is his picture is there, so people would know him. And it, it's it's all. For me, it's it's all to inflame, all to agitate, mm. and and of course these people are, and any death is tragic, but there was no sense of that. There was a sense of no, we're going to use this death to make a statement to make people feel more angry. It was there was no sense of peace at all or reconciliation. Yeah. I want to ask a question today, and the question is simple: Where? To the terrorist Orient from, from the Irish Republic. That's where they come from. Where do the terrorists return to for sanctuary? To the Irish Republic. And yet, Mrs. Thatcher tells us that that republic must have some say in our province. We say never, 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 never. There was also Birmingham bombing. Yeah. The yeah and other yes famous bomber, old man, all that yes. was all, all along yeah. the, the the side, and there was pictures of people just um, with with. Blood and dust on them, and yes. there's no real reason to be there. Uh, but he then pulled out something which I hadn't noticed. He said, I think we might be going overboard a bit when we say ISIS and Sinn Fein are the same. Mm. The other thing was, it was always Sinn Fein IRA, yeah. which I did ask him, Sinn Fein are now looking like the biggest party in the South. Mm. Like, how does that make you feel? And he sort of avoided a- a- answering that question. But Sinn Fein IRA are the same as ISIS. Mm. Um, which reminded me of yeah. John's point about makes you nostalgic for the IRA, <laughs> yeah, exactly. ISIS. But uh, yeah. um, he says, I think we're overdoing that. And then it got into the whole idea of we're not really that good at marketing. Yes. Which sort of suggests we've got this beautiful story to tell, yes. but we just can't get it out. Yeah, people just don't understand. And, and, and he felt that, I mean, he told us a story that um, um, there was a, a Catholic. Uh, who had a criminal record and yeah. who's now a head teacher. Badge of honor. Um, ex- exactly. His criminal record was if you were a Protestant, that would that would that would that would buy from any 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 work. So, and yes, he he was um he was sort of wistful and a bit mournful when he got talking about the fact that yeah, this is well, you, you were asking very good questions, but he he absolutely did think of the marketing problem. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't the, the fundamental proposition. It was a marketing problem. And but when I asked one of the guys, I said. And we worked up this because I was feeling brave. I said, "How would you describe yourself?" And and I didn't know what he was going to say, but he described himself as Northern Irish. Yeah. And he actually said, didn't he, that he, in ten years ago, twenty years ago, he'd said British. Yeah. Um, but he now says he is he is Northern Irish. Yeah. Which for me is a is is both a possible solution and an even bigger problem. You just think because to your point about Sinn Fein, as I understand it, in terms of the 
the Northern Irish MPs. Sinn Féin are one short of the majority there as well, is that right? I think they're getting close to it, yeah. So well, they're, they're sucking up the left and right. They're sucking yes. up the uh, green vote. Yeah. So, But that's not the bigger problem. The South is definitely on the brink of having Sinn Féin in coalition mm-hmm. with either Fianna Fáil or all of the rest mm-hmm. of the, the left-leaning. It's going to be a huge, big uh, challenge. So, yeah, but I, I, um, I left there for f- him. Yeah, exactly. I, I left there feeling surprised. Um, I, I was, I was glad of the opportunity to to ask questions and listen. But when I saw the thing about Carson, and then, and this will upset some people, because um, I was thinking five hundred thousand people signed the covenant. That's what they claim. Yeah, very clear about that. Now, if you're looking for details, it's 250,000 men and 250,000 women. Now, this is in 1912. So, women didn't get the vote till 1918. So, Carson wasn't prepared to let women vote, but he was absolutely prepared to have them vote on the covenant to get his number. Yeah. And, and even there, there's manipulation. Does that make sense? I'm, and, and I think one of my thoughts as we left that bit of it was... How many people actually now feel this way, feel this strongly? And, and are a small group of people causing a disproportionate amount of problems? Was that yeah. always the case? You said, yeah, you, you were talking about, well, of that, let's say half a million, and not to take away from the lady signing, it may have been sign this because your husband's signing it in those days, oh, or sure. they may be asking their husband to sign it, but the... I, uh, let's give them that but there's going to be agitators in any group yes and uh, there's going to be factory owners up there the Harlem and Wolf guys you yes. know get out here's yep. a day off mm. go and sign the covenant but like if, if those people hadn't been there would would it have been mm. as mm. and there's fear of course too like you yeah. talked about by the way the covenant was 1912 yeah. and it was against the third home rule bill mm-hmm Introduced by the British government, and it was supposed to be the war got in the way, and yes. it was going to be ruled yeah. from the, the north was going to be ruled from from Dublin, so yeah. the entire island. And I never knew Kipling wrote Ulster nineteen twelve, but to your point about what does he call himself, Northern Irish? Mm-hmm. Kipling had at uh, the end of this poem nineteen twelve is believe we dare not boast, believe believe we dare not boast, believe we do not fear. We stand to pay the cost and all that men hold dear. What answer from the north? One law, one land, one throne. If England drives us forth, we shall not fall alone. We shall not fall alone. It's England Mm -hmm. and Northern Ireland. There's there's a separation there already. And this is against the south. So maybe maybe he's going back to that, uh, those days of Carson famously took down poor old Oscar Wilde. Yeah. So he's got a bad rap yeah, anyway, you exactly. know. History hasn't been kind to Carson. Uh no, but you we we see him later on in yeah. in a very big statue. Um but no yeah. I, I came away thinking how could this have um how could this have happened differently? Mm-hmm. I mean I'll 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 say it now just anyway could be causing all sorts of problems myself. I think Ireland should be united. And, and it just struck me, listening to the story, is that did 
how how big a groundswell of feeling was it to not be a United Ireland, or mm. was it to your point a few factory owners who were from from economic reasons wanted to have a um, be in union with the UK, and and so you think who really was responsible for that? Some could argue Carson was the um, he was the Nigel Farage of his day. You know, a, a horrible individual who was hugely influential and gets this gets this massive change, mm. which then could cause decades of problems. It's um, and then when you listened to them and saw the way they wanted to commemorate the violence, I just came away from the whole thing thinking, this is a very sad, sad tale, really. It was. It was a certain poignancy in all of it, like the 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 long cash exhibit. Mm. Was the bed and the what it was like to be in a cell, yeah, and the window, and I think he called it not being in. It was in confinement. He mm. called it or something, but he comes into that place every day, and there's a Lancash model and things mm. like that. What is thirteen years of your life living in these horrible conditions? Because it's a bad prison. Yeah, do for your. But the flip side of that is he was talking about. The, what they're trying to do, which is to take to take down the murals, mm. and how difficult that was. Mm. So this man sounds sincere, yes, but um, he said there was a big success, and it must he must be referring to the one where you had the four guys with the guns. That's right. He took the balaclavas off them, yes, because that looked sinister. Yeah, yeah. You know, there, there was another one with loads of kids, which was nice. Mm-hmm. You know, so thinking about the future, but I do. I do a joke, a slightly jokes aside. I do honestly think that they did have a marketing problem, but what they have to deal with, what they have to work with, like Carson. Hmm. But there's, 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 a, there's, a, there's something you can't put. I, I guess it's power too. It's, e- it's easier to sell the little guy against mm-hmm. Goliath, and the, and he was Goliath. You know, mm-hmm. he was the, he was a solicitor general of Ireland yeah. at one point too. Mm-hmm. So they had a lot of power. So. Mm-hmm. And they all look like Victorians too in that image. Yes, you know that like the, those little weird colours that yeah. they had towards the end of Victoria's reign. Yeah. Uh, so, but I'm not sure whether again it's back to that war and words theme that we were bringing through here. Mm. Where's there? Yeah, you know, the great poet like Heaney famously didn't take a side, and he was being, he was told to take a side. Really. Yeah, people, people remember she the in, interpretive centre. Maybe uh, I was chatting, but um, he just he was told you need to take side on this, mm. and he didn't. He talked about violence and mm. religions never mentioned here. Of course, you know them by their eyes, and hold your tongue. One side's as bad as the other, never worse. Of the wee six, I sing, where to be saved, you only must save face, and whatever you say. You say nothing, but um, the you know I'm trying to think. There, there must be like the Kipling one was a shocker to me. Mm. Where's the nice poetic expression of their yes. fear and their love for their mm. children and mm. that type of thing, you know, and what drove them? So maybe that's part of their marketing challenge. Well, maybe. Well, but you're exactly. There, there was very little love. It, I wasn't convinced about the reconciliation. It was. It seemed to me, frankly, it was a smoke and mirrors job. I thought I thought that centre was suggesting they're doing one thing, and actually, uh, thinking about the um, removing the um, murals. Um, no, no, not 
removing the um the, what's the thing you put balaclavas in? removing the balaclavas yes making them less frightening but but they're also um, making them more human you're sort of now, yeah. that's the other side you're kind of thinking these are now these are individuals and we should you know we should we should so oh it was um that's a good point yeah so then we um so we then went from Shankill across the falls road didn't we we did in yeah. our, in our, and I have to say I turn to you when we um, this is Gallo's humour. We sat in the car on the Shankill Road, put the key into the um, <laughs> into, into the ignition, and I think we said, "Well, it's been great, John. Thank you very much." You no, anyway. you said, you said, I think they've been watching us. Yeah, I yeah. said, I wouldn't be surprised if they've watched us right to this point. Yeah, yeah. And then I never thought about turning the key in the house. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God! Anyway, so no. a, I thought that was inappropriate having in the souvenir shop those mirrors on sticks. <laughs> Um, so we then went to Falls Road which was um, which has its own problems it has its own problems but um, and you spotted this there were actually the the, most of the images there were some exceptions most of the images weren't about violence and war it was about freedom and and, socialism yes and and the the plight of the worker and there was a there was a good there was a good, you know, Palestinian flags too. Yeah. So there was a freedom, and there was an international wall. It's basically they were holding yeah. up um, revered figures. Mandela so, was there. Yeah. Che Guevara was there, and of course, the John Hume was there. Yeah, there was a few. There was a few. I mean, there was as you said, peacemakers. Was, what's his name again? Was there Martin Luther King? Yes, you're right. It, there was a lot of. BL, BLM stuff, remember? And they were yeah. saying, oh, remember the, the boys in the Shankill were yes. saying, oh, they used to shoot black soldiers. They didn't think about black, 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 black lives no. matters. No. So, no, I, I thought the murals were different in tone. Having said that, we saw one being freshly painted, which is fascinating. Yeah. Um, fascinating in two ways. Yes. It was, he, he, he was a bad artist. Yes, <laughs> yeah. And it was being painted, you know. Um, but it was, it, but it, was um, what, it was a famous religious scene but of Catholics being massacred. So even though, <laughs> even though you could, on one way you could look at it and think, well, this is just a religious scene, it was there was a subtext to it. The subtext was Catholics were prevented from uh, from having a mass. Yes. So the priest used to be an under um, uh, ground priest that mm. went from village to village, dressed as a tramp or whatever, and they'd have these secret masses in the hills, mm-hmm. and they had mass stones as a result so that that turned into the altar and the famous some, some of them still exist as as uh, altars yes and uh, they were painting this scene which was basically yes. saying there was a time we couldn't practice being a yes. catholic i can guarantee probably 10 percent go to mass every ever yeah. maybe in the falls road it's, it's higher but it's a uh, it's, it's 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 a preventative look at what we're fighting for you know yes we, we can now practice being a catholic whenever and wherever we like uh, and, and but back to your point about marketing, and, and I know it's, it's far more important than, than marketing. But you, it felt to me a more positive message. And we looked at the two memorial. Um, well, not, one was a garden, one certainly wasn't. But the the memorial on Shankill was had um, pictures of violence and a dead body. The memorial on the Falls Road was more of a. It was a memorial garden. It had people's pictures, but there yeah. was no sense of violence or. Or death was there, you know. But of course, there was. Death. There wasn't any dead-looking people or blood or no, dust. No, there was pictures of people, uh, yeah. but there was a lot more greenery too. Yeah. Yes. 
And then as we went around, we had a, we had a quick pint in the uh, Falls Road just to just compare and contrast. Uh, and and the the thing they had in common was uh, horse racing. Horse racing. Yeah. Um, so that that's the that's the thing. Uh, it was definitely a nicer pub. Um, Gaelic football was creeping in there because the, yes. pub, the pub seemed to be owned by the local Gaelic football team. Yes. Yeah, that was interesting. And there was Coming some young lads they went on yeah. for their um, their game. Um, but we did see lots of which we heard about um, the taxi tours. Yeah. So you can well, we didn't do this, but you can get in the back of a taxi. And the taxi driver will take you around to the various sites and murals. And um, in retrospect, what we did it ourselves. But I think if, if anyone wants to go to Belfast, I think I'll definitely do it just so you can see and understand it. Well, he'd be a local too if he'd be yes. talking about when I was a kid and whatever else. But, but everyone talks about how good they are, but they didn't do what we did. No. And then we headed for Stormont, where we met yes. Mr. Carson again. So Stormont, and I think that's that's Stormont was a moment for me when it all sort of crystallised. So we've all seen the scenes of Stormont, and we actually we 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 came sort of in a side entrance almost. We didn't we didn't have the long walk up, um, but Stormont, when you look at it, is this? It's absolutely um, it's 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 an imperialist building, frankly, and it is it is used to. To um, just to impose its will on the people, isn't it? You've got this huge building mm-hmm. on a hill. It just it says we are power, we are powerful, and and a few hundred yards in front of it is a picture of Carson, who's got his arm raised. Huge a, statue of Carson. Yeah, sorry, but yeah. also he's he's aggressive, he's pugilistic, he's a, he's quite fascist, really, if you think about it. He's rallying the crowd. If you say fascist now, you sort of oh. It's uh, is that, is that not is it, is it well personally? I think you're absolutely right. I think it looks like uh, there's a famous picture of Hitler learning learning to strike a pose in, yes. front, in front of a mirror, yes, and that's what it reminds me of. His hand is purposely facing back, and mm. the other one is, is lifted mm. up, so it's pushing back and mm. lifting mm. forward. And he's in a sort of a hunch, mm. like uh, like that, so it's. It is. It is. It, it's. It's aggressive. That statue. Yes. And if you think about shared government, and you're driving to Stormont, to your point, um, it's very much a bastion of what used to be. Yes. And uh, that, was, that statue has to go at yeah. some point. But and as I said to you, I don't. I don't think it's very English. I was talking to you. If you think about where where is the seat of power in England, it's not palaces anymore. It's Downing Street. Downing yeah. Street, albeit very large. Is a is a terraced Georgian house, quaint almost. Yes, yeah. Whereas that that for me that is that's what I like about being English. We 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 can be modest, um, and that that is that is that is what we do at our very best. It is the centre of power. It's very modest and unassuming. Didn't know it. Yeah. Whereas Stormont was the reverse of that. It was this huge. It was, it was well done, but like a big wedding cake, and it was massive. It was. It was. You could argue House of Parliament is a little bit like that, but I yes. think it's a lot more beautiful. Yes, and it takes the edges away from it. It's, yeah, uh, you know, but Stormont design, I think, again, we said it was like Spiel. Yes, uh, Albert Speer. Uh, Albert, Albert Speer. Yes, and it was neoclassical. Yeah, it's plunked in front of you. Yeah, probably built not long after House of Parliament, which is Gothic and mm-hmm. it's uh, it's particularly. Old English, it seems. I'm not yeah. even sure why they built that. But it, uh, this thing looked like, you know, we have the power. Yeah. Listen. 
white stone. White stone. Well, <laughs> and the huge long drive up to it yeah. is, uh, you know, it's like you're exhausted by the time you get to the king. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, you all the way to the building. They want to give you the maximum time to, to realise this is where power sits. This is where power sits. I didn't like it at all, I have to say. So yeah. that for me, it all sort of started to crystallise, and I suddenly thought, oof. Oof. Yeah. And then we were sort of feeling a little down. Yes. Got in the car. Yes. Headed for Lachnay and Heaney country. Nice drive, attractive. And uh, we went to the Heaney Centre, which is a relatively new building. It's just on the edge of a tiny little village, but that's where he, um, uh, that's where he used to live. All Balahi. Balahi, that's right. Yeah. Um, and we walked into this visitor centre. Again, I think we were the only people there <coughs> at the time, but there were very few people there. And we were met by a charming, um, charming lady. I won't try to do the accent, but um, <coughs> she, was, she was helpful to the point of being unhelpful uh, because we wanted to get on and do the tour. And um, as you go around, you have an electronic device, and it will play you um, his poems, which he reads. And it is it's an amazing thing. I'll talk about this in a minute. The, um, but she was, she was so lovely. Excuse me for the accent. But it was sort of, right, now, in your device, uh, press number one, and you'll hear poem number one. Press number uh, two. And you'll hear poem number two. Now, stay with me. Press number three, and you're going to hear poem number three. And you and I were clearly towards it. We were just wanting to look at the bloody exhibit, and she was, and and then she had a funny tickly cough, and and she said, "Oh, I'm so sorry. I had some teenagers in earlier. I shouted myself hoarse." Uh, anyway, oh, and, and and so after a half an hour where she explained everything, we're allowed to go and and do the exhibit. Um, <clears throat> and um, the nice thing is they have films of him, and everyone, and quite a few people we've met have met Seamus Heaney. Everyone said he was a lovely person. So this is mm. a bit of a change because I think Kavanagh, a few people thought he was could be tricky, could be difficult, clearly a great artist. But everyone loved uh, Seamus Heaney. And because you saw him when he won his Nobel Prize. And again, that for me is one of my favourites of the trip. You've got the, again, this funny connection. Nobel invents dynamite, but sets up a fund which is now worth half a billion and every year it pays out. Um, for peace and for literature. Um, three Irish people have got the literature prize. Is, that right? um, is it Yates, Bernard Shaw and... Four. Beckett. Beckett, too, Beckett, I think. of course. Yeah. I do apologise. Um, and so you think, hang on, this, this poet um, has won a prize which comes from inventing dynamite and a lot of dynamite was used in the Troubles. Yeah. So that was... That was um, but you, you saw him on film when he won the Nobel Prize and he was clearly a creative genius and a nice bloke. Yeah. And what you you were gushing about was just the use of words, you know. That, uh, say, what what was the phrase we had? Poetry is saying a lot oh. with few words. Yes. You know? No, you said that. It's, I think it's, yes, absolutely is saying saying a lot with a few saying saying a lot with a few words was brilliant. I thought. Um, so and then for me, um, uh, whilst whilst we were just she yeah. she did tell us too there was three rooms the family. The inspiration, and there was a third room which uh, escapes me now what that was about. But the family room, I thought, was really wandering through what could have been my family. Like it was very yes. rural, farm, Irish, mm-hmm. nanny, dad was, was sort of flat cap, uh, little suited guy. You know, they were, they were, very, they, they were very relatable. Yes. Um, but then you just read about, you know. 
the stories that inspired some of the poems mm. and well and and then for me and it's 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 a moment that moved me to tears actually and I'm not embarrassed to say that because you recommended I, I read a certain or listen to a certain poem on my recording device yeah and I listened to this poem and I, and I walked out and there's a sort of um, first floor conservatory piece it's got windows on three sides and you look at the land it's 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 it's, it's, it's dark green the light is fading. And the poem you said I should read was Midterm Break. And I won't read all of it, but um, the last bit if I can. So, next morning I went up into the room, snowdrops, and candles soothed the bedside. I saw him for the first time in six weeks, paler now. Wearing a poppy bruise on his left temple, he lay in a four-foot box, as in his cot. No gaudy scars, the bumper knocked him clear. A four-foot box, a foot for every year. And, um... And I have to, I, so I wasn't expecting it, so because midterm break, I thought it was about holidays, death of a child, and of course the poem is about his brother. Mm. Um, it's um, it's autobiographical. Um, so I, I had I had tears, and so I, so I turned round, trying to wipe the tears away. The funny moment for me was the charming lady from downstairs had come to check on us, and and so and I, whilst I had tears rolling down my face, I was I was immediately with, with, with Oh, how are things? Oh, are you, are you enjoying it? As I was wiping away the tears. Oh. Um, but I, um, and maybe, maybe I was emotional as a parent, but also we'd had an interesting, fascinating, but a grim morning. Yeah. You know, to go, and so this was, we'd gone through death, through terrorism, to to the death of a young child with a road accident and the impact on, on a family. So maybe it's a sense of, I don't know. Maybe it was—it was all too much. It was a very emotional day, really. Yeah. Well, that was—that was—that that one to me was almost the fragility of life, but almost the normality of death. Yes. Things, accidents happen. Yeah. You know, and we have enough shit in our lives yes. without pulling guns out on, on each other. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that maybe that's it. There is enough shit going yeah. on without the need to pull a gun. Listen to Joe Duffy. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So, so then we um, uh, we were told that his grave was in uh, Balahi. Balahi. Um, so uh, just down by the end of the the village, like yes. as if it was just a two minute walk. Exactly, it wasn't. So at this point, it's getting quite dark, and so we did find his grave, uh, dear listener, uh, and it's pointed right on the edge of the on the um, the graveyard, right mm. on the edge, but overlooking fields. Maybe that's what we yeah. wanted. Um, but what happened because it was late? It ended up with John and I basically looking. Who was is, is um, um who are the grave grave, grave robbers? Burke and Hare. Yeah. So we looked like a modern day Burke and Hare, blundering around with our iPhones for yeah. light and tripping over graves and being a couple of oafs, frankly. But finding his grave, we trying to find his his um, younger brother couldn't find that. And then there was a chap in there who was clearly tending to his wife's grave, saying. Are you boys okay? Yeah. Which is code for what the hell are you doing? Um, so you know we 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 met the terrorists, maybe plural. We did all that. We beautiful poetry, shed tears, and then had a laugh as we got into our car and yeah. and shot off to uh, to Derry. So I shot off to Derry. We also, I must admit that that we we tried to find his brother. Yes. Who was uh, a four foot box, a foot for every year? Yes, and we discovered to our shock. Yes, the church has him down as dying at three. Yes, you could question everything yes. Seamus Heaney has ever yes. written as a result of that, but we couldn't find the grave. And that uh, gentleman who gave us directions says, "Oh no, he's over there," <laughs> knowing 
But it was badly signposted. But the the grave itself, I did like it. It was a very sturdy but simple stone. Yes. But yes. it sat to the side of the grave. Yes. And it was it was a ramshackle type grave. Mm-hmm. grave but I, I did like it. It was almost like a dolmen. You know, the dolmen, mm-hmm. the ancient mm-hmm. ancient uh, uh, burial. Yeah. Big stone placed over the king. Yeah, it, 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 he seemed to be on his own somehow. Obviously, <clears throat> his family were nearby, we think. We couldn't find them, but he did seem to be on his own. And what was the uh, line on the uh, poem? Because I think it's relevant to... Walk on air against your better judgment. That was it. Walk on air against your better judgment. <laughs> That's lovely. That's lovely. It is. Um, and then we headed to Derry. Derry. London Derry. We did joke about this, but it is quite, as you're entering... London Derry signs. Yes. Closer you got to it, more and more people had scribbled out the London bit. Yes. Remember that? Yeah, absolutely. That was very clear. People wanted to make, wanted it to be known as Derry, not London Derry. London Derry. So I was expecting, oh my goodness, there's a bit of tension when you get here. Yeah. And then when you get there, beautiful holiday town. Very friendly. Yes. And um, it seemed to be party town. Lots of people in, in, in town for, for the night. Uh, it was a Friday night. And the first thing we did... Uh, even though it's dark, we walk the walls because yeah. um, you tell it's a walled city, and it literally is. You can walk all the way around, and they're not just small walls; these are big, wide walls. And so we walked all the way around. Some um, of them were like two lane, well, at least one lane, yeah. And then some of them expanded to two and three lanes uh, width. Yes, they were huge. Some yeah. Of them, yeah. So that was um, that was nice. Um, sort of the town was sort of twinkling. It, 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 it looked very attractive and. Had a nice meal. Went to, went to a couple of pubs, and for me, really, the next day, the first bit of the next day, and actually the next morning was was really quite sobering for me because mm. we're in Derry, we're walking the walls. It's quite jolly. These feeling like happen. tourists. Yeah, exactly. And then then the next day, of course, it's the um, bloody Sunday um, on the bog side. Yeah, just down just down the road from. From the walk, so it was a real change from the night before. We must say, by the way, we met a lovely couple, Annie and Patrick. Patrick, yeah. Patrick, Paddy, and Annie. Who are? We, and he was an ex um, teacher. He was an teacher, English teacher. Yeah. Um, when we got back to the hotel, this one wasn't it? That's right. After so we, our nice Indian. Yeah, we're going to have an early night and just early be night, less, sensible. Yes. Uh, but None of this nonsense anymore. Paddy and Annie, we stayed with them for at least maybe an hour and a half. Yeah, uh, they were drinking a lot of. They had relatively frail health, but seemed to be. And he was on her seventh stint. Yes, and Paddy was chasing up behind her on yeah. three, but potentially they... four that night. Yeah. <laughs> drinking neat brandy heavily neat brandy. in wine glasses yeah. from memory, uh, whilst we clearly. And they had come from Dan Patrick for the music. Yes, yes. and they knew uh, Clive and Y. Yes, yeah, that's, that's right. So that was very strange. So that that's quite jolly. And then, of course, the next day was. Um, Next day was the bog side, yes. the battle of. But day four, um, that was out of Derry slash London Derry. Yep. Um, incidentally, remember when I, we went to Derry, I thought because we crossed the river, we were into the Republic. Yes. I was getting all confused. There's a little p- pocket of Derry that is the other side of the Foyle River in Ireland, but the border goes around so that the whole of Derry is taken into the Northern Ireland. Anyway, a bit confused. Easily confused I was, but the morning of the day four, yes, which was going to be real hard hitting mm. um, scenes of major bombings. 
So none of the tourist brochures. Usually. No, no, it's not. So we wanted to um, set off and and go to some of the sites of some really terrible, terrible things. Um, Enniskillen uh, and and Omar and, and the place where Mountbatten set sail and clearly didn't come back. Um, we also wanted to do a bit of Yates country. So it was again a brilliant day of. Of, of darkness and light, of, of terrorism, of poetry, and finishing off, uh, finishing off in in Mohill, which is uh, the the Lynch hometown. Um, and so we the aim was to arrive there, and there was going to be a family occasion uh, involving drink, and 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 that was just hopefully going to be a fantastic end to our trip. Yeah. Um, but and yeah, we cheerier end. Than yes, how it started, which was the bog side. Yeah, which was the um, uh, again monuments everywhere to the troubles, uh, artistic you can mm. say, but so- somewhat sinister. You know, one with a soldier with a gun, sort of looking around, and uh, but also there was a peace wall. But we went to the bog side, mm. and you could you could stand on where thirteen people had been shot. You know, and uh, Sunday, bloody Sunday. Battle of the Boy, the Bog side, they like to call it, but it was the beginning of the civil rights movement in the north. Uh, there was some supposedly unarmed, because there was an argument that some of them were armed, were doing a civil rights march, and uh, the British soldiers opened fire on them, killing 13 there and then. But there's arguments again on who, who, who fired the first shot and whether it was provoked and whether it was... Uh, I, 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 I think there have been arguments, but yeah. I believe it has now been very clearly um, stated that it was absolutely the fault of uh, the English army. And I I felt quite a bit of shame standing there, I have to say. Because if you that's one of the things we did throughout the trip. You you learn a bit there, then you do some research. But as you know, there have been various inquests about that event. Mm. But the, the later inquests, the earlier inquests were absolutely um, a cover-up um, um, from the English side by suggesting that other people had arms or what happened. But it was clearly the fault of the English army. It is a truly shameful episode. And standing there, I felt shame, I have to say, and also a little vulnerable because, again, we're wandering around this monument. It was a dreary, rainy morning, yeah. and the two of us are just standing around and looking and thinking and I felt very conscious and, and very aware that people were wondering what are they doing and if I'm sure if somebody had come and say to me what are you doing where are you from I would feel um, uncomfortable to say the least. We have uh, loads of again memorial memorials what do you do with those it's a constant reminder of the horrible things that happened but again you have to commemorate that 13 people died there there was one image I remember of uh, someone's foot that had been hit by a, a, a rubber bullet that was just too graphic to be honest uh, and it's kiddies level you could see it you know you're driving walking by as, a, as an 11 year old and you're looking at what's that and it's just it's unnecessary I think there's different ways of doing this yeah I, I, I agree um, I think you should remember good things and bad things though and for me that's yeah what you should do in order that as a nation as an individual you, you understand what has gone on. You have to understand, or rather I think one should try and understand history and where we are. Um, but So we did that and then we went into uh, Northern Ireland 
um, we were in Northern Ireland anyway, in, in Derry, and uh, we then went to Omar in oh, wow. uh, and saw the two memorials because, again, there were, there were uh, terrible um, acts of, of violence committed in those places. Interestingly, though, both both of those sites were relatively low key, particularly Omar. Is that right? Yeah. Omar was, there was a very glass. small reference to um, to what had gone on, yeah. and I, and I had a sense of maybe people didn't want to remember that as much, um, which is probably a good thing. I think that maybe over the time, over the generations, even though they're relatively recent, people are thinking, well, it was a terrible thing, but let us remember it, but let's not talk about it too much because that will itself perpetuate some of these feelings. Um, so we did that, and then we ended up in. In Eskillen, or yes. the second one, uh, and then we went to just on the Omar one. They, they, they interesting. I think twenty six people. Mm. It's only twenty two years ago, mm. but they had tucked away this large mm. monument. But around the corner, they had the Garden of Light. Yes, which was again a nicer way. Mm. You could talk about shining light on something and. Had the, all the uh, the victims sort of yes. names, interestingly a few Spanish names. There was a yes. Spanish family I think yeah. uh, killed there. But um, the, so th- there is ways of commemorating these that don't have to be, you know, pictures of the bruises, you know, mm. or the dead mm. burnt bodies like we saw on the Shank mm. Hill and things like that. But then then in the Skillen was a little bit more understated. Mm. Admittedly, that was '87, so it's a, it's a longer time ago. But they had raised the plinth and put something on the. Uh, and the war memorial because mm. there was already a memorial there so because mm. I recognise if you look up any of the images there's the soldier on his on his uh, on his gun mm. um, uh, but I don't know it was quite it was quite just there it was a part of history it, 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 30 odd years ago it just doesn't resonate with me anymore and being there didn't really change that yeah and I, and I felt the same I have to say it didn't we, we saw some sites as as I've said previously, Stormont for me made me quite angry and 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 sad because it was such a just the whole building, the way it sort of uh, presents itself, this sort of power through architecture and imperialist colonial sort of statement of power made me feel really quite again ashamed and embarrassed and thinking, well, that's not what the Brits do. The Brits, if you think about Downing Street, is a Georgian house. That's where the Prime Minister is. And this horrible, great, big wedding cake of a building. Whereas when we went to Enniskillen and, and Omar, I, I likewise, I didn't feel much, and I was surprised. Um, um, so then we ended up in, in Mullock Moor, which Mullock was Moor, a yeah. beautiful little um, sea, not seaside, uh, a little um, old fishing village, I presume. And we had a meal, there, and that's we had a meal there. Um, we went into uh, a restaurant, which is a lovely restaurant, had great food. And as I went in, they were playing. Um, some rebel songs. So, Men behind the wire. I think some, it was. some rebel songs. Obviously, these are songs about the dreadful British and you know where the Irish are fighting against them. Armored cars and tanks and guns came to take away our sons. For every man will stand behind the men behind the wire. And I went to one of the ladies there and said, hello, table for two, please, in a very English way. And the music was very quickly changed to uh, the Beatles, which I thought was, was, was charming of them. Um, but it's interesting that they're playing rebel songs. Uh, and that's, of course, this, this place is where Mountbatten set sail in his boat um, and, and was killed, as many people know. And again, my thoughts about that was, I know there was an official agreement that the IRA wouldn't act against anybody in Ireland itself. But 
you on the way out of this town, you you go past Mountbatten's house, and his he has two crests. I mean, how many people have two crests? I mean, not many people have one crest, but Mountbatten had two, and they were they were put into his gates in 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 metalwork. And I think it was just folly and arrogance that he knew things were difficult, and he would go there at the same time every year. Um, and I don't think killing anybody it can ever be excused, but I thought it was his. Um, it was a folly that he was there. Um, I'm not excusing what happened. So we did that, and then we went quickly, and rather too quickly, we went into Yeats' country. Um, and actually, the two poets we'd we'd encountered, we were less impressed, less struck by Yeats. We saw his grave mm. um, and read some of his poetry. Went to a Yeats visitor centre in Sligo, and the Yeats visitor centre is terrible. Um, yeah. So I would encourage the the Yeats community to do something about the visitor centre because it was rubbish. Uh, whereas we'd been to two, um, the the Kavanagh Centre, which is in an old church, is is a really truly beautiful place and a, a fantastic experience. And and the Heaney Centre is is actually rather grand, if I may say. So it is quite a grand place. It's very new, very big, but is also a lovely experience. But I, I think I quite like the modesty of, of the Kavanagh Centre. But the Yates centre in Sligo there's yeah, nothing it was like to it like an old uh, community hall yes with uh, stands that had that must have come straight out of some sort of convention yes that's what it felt like and and to be fair to Yates he's been around a while and they probably need to do an up this was yes this was a modern representation of a poet maybe 20 years ago now you need the whole uh, you know visual experience interactivity Apart from somewhere for the kids to do the colouring in and mm. that type of thing, but going mm. to the Yeats Centre and to be fair too, I was trying to get back into the the poetry of Yeats. He was one of the great poets of all time. Well, I I think um, I think we'd had such a brilliant experience of uh, Kavanagh, um, that that experience, and and then obviously um, later on um, that maybe when we got to the visitor centre about Yeats, the visitor centre itself was disappointing. And, and we sort of conflated our experience there, with, which is the visitor centre with not much investment, with the actual poet himself. But when you look back at the poetry, actually... It's very deep, meaningful. But again, it's violent, isn't it? So you're, you're the, um, um, he, he talks about change, change utterly. A terrible beauty is born. Why, why is it terrible? And, and I'm sure he was an inspiration to the later poet. So I agree. I think maybe... We'll yep. spend a bit more time studying Yeats and looking at it because give him another go. Give him another go. <laughs> give him another go. Heaney talked in glowing terms about the influence of Yeats, as did Kavanagh. Okay. Easter 1916 by W. B. Yeats. I have met them at close of day, coming with vivid faces from counter or desk among grey eighteenth-century houses. I have passed with a nod of the head or polite, meaningless words, or have lingered a while and said, polite, meaningless words, and thought before I had done of a mocking tale or a jibe to please a companion, around the fire at the club, being certain that they and I but lived where motley is worn, all changed, changed utterly, a terrible beauty is born. You know, that was our third poet. Our third poet, and then we... We were under the shadow of Ben, ben Bulban yeah. and all that. It was a beautiful area, and then we drove right down into uh, uh, Mohill, my hometown, deep in the uh, Irish wilderness. 
And it, it was a very beautiful part of the world. But the thing which struck me on the way in was your knowledge of the county lines. Yeah. And that's really struck me is that, that I know a lot of English people, they might be from Yorkshire, actually, they're, they're very, they will, part of their identity is part of their county. But John, you knew exactly when the county started and finished and you knew all of them in the area, the, the sub-counties as well. Yeah. I was really struck by that sort of local knowledge. And then when we went to see um, a Gaelic football match the day after, I started to understand that actually that, the combination of, of the county and the sport is really something that creates the community. And I hadn't quite observed that or noticed that before. Very defined. Like it, it's, I actually looked up since to see what, what are the uh, counties in England and who defines them. Mm. There's three versions. Mm. You don't even have a set version of the county. Mm. The post office has a, mm. has a system uh, that, that recognises different borders. But your, your, your parish, your county, your province, and then your country. Mm. You know, there is clear divisions in, mm. in, uh, in and, you know, the GAA has one sporting thing. Mm. But, and they're all old, old um, kingdoms too. Yes. You know, like Kerry is literally called the Kingdom of Kerry. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so into Danny Dog, as you called yes. Mohawk for years. Yes, which I probably shouldn't do. I don't know why. It was a conversation many years ago, and um, of course the place is called Mohill, but I, I came up with Danny Dog because it sounded like a more Disney bar, Disney version of, of, of Mohill. It's a lovely town. Uh, we arrived uh, to meet John's mother. And, and again, you couldn't write this uh, within within minutes. Uh, some horses were seen galloping along the street because some horses had got out and John then had to go out and catch these horses. And I just thought, well, it's, it's, it's a typical day in an Irish village. Horses escape. John goes and rescues the horses. Um, and then we um, had a great evening. Uh, the family gathered. Uh, uh, food um, was, was, uh, was eaten and we talked about our trip. And it's... I. As the sole English person at the table, I was again conscious of of how I might be perceived and also how I was thinking about it. Um, because, of course, England had effectively controlled Ireland for 800 years. Uh, and um, so after the end of a very jolly evening, I talked to John's sister-in-law, uh, Bronya, who, uh, had, and I said, well, you know, I know there's a lot of pain and anger about the 800 years, but hopefully you've seen me and I'm quite reasonable. Do we get anything back? And she very kindly said, well, you've got a year. I'll, I'll give you 799 years of pain. Um, so, uh, which I thought was great. <laughs> um, but it's, uh, yeah, it was um, it was a great way to finish off the trip to, to sit in an Irish family with um, IRA connections. Um, but then I sat there having understood much more about what had gone on. And we ended up in Casey's Bar. Yes. Which uh, strongly recommend as the... Uh, hostelry of choice in yes. Mobile down by the river uh, and uh, we had a few drinks there but ironically that was the last thing we wanted we, we had stewed ourselves in Guinness yes. for four or five days so the final day was like it was a tough one but we, we, we persevered we did we got a few in and we changed to what my father used to drink whiskey and red yes so by Thomas Casey and red being red lemonade red lemonade which I've never heard of well, I don't know if I was, you know, what did I bring away from it? Did I change my mind about people? Uh, you know, it did, it did, it, it, it made me a little bit more conscious that there's a lot of suffering, a lot of hurt on both sides, that uh, your snow analogy is a lovely one. It's, uh, it's, um, 
it's going to be generations before the North sorts itself out. But you know, rather and, and it's holding everything else back. It's they're they're fairly conservative when you have religion still at the centre of, and they do give the impression that they are is stuck in the past and I, that's the that's the opinion I had when I went up there and that's what I leave with is that you know there is a sectarian element but it's dragging everything back it's like the wall to progress is that peace line for me the theme of violence is personal became fairly clear didn't it early on and of course violence isn't an abstract concept violence is clearly a visceral terrible thing but luckily most of us never experience violence but what we found from our trip is we met a lot of individuals who had experienced violence firsthand and and violence was a a sort of terrible golden thread running through all of the things we saw from the politics from the rhetoric to the poets the imagery yeah so, so, and violence, it was personal because it means something to every single person. And it was, again, the wrong phrase, but brought to life by talking to people who had had a personal experience with violence. It was. I think, I think my memories of it was not so much the actual violence, but it was the threat of violence yeah. was in the air. I came away from the trip... Um, Few a few observations. First of all, uh, read more poetry. Yeah. So I think reading poetry is not something I've done a great deal of, but I got a book of poetry and we read quite a bit of poetry just because we were there. So read more poetry. I agree with you. I think it is, in many ways, it's a very sad story. The story of Northern Ireland and Ireland, um, an upsetting story. It is even sadder knowing that it continues. Um, but I came away from that as, as, a, as an English person thinking, and this might be controversial, Ireland will be united. Uh, Ireland will be united, and you can see that with the way the, um, the votes are going, with Sinn Féin. So Ireland will be united, and I think there's also a case, cause for Scotland. Um, I think England's got a dodgy record in terms of our colonial past with various countries, and I think there are lots of difficult journeys to freedom. I think Ireland's journey to freedom has been long and complicated it's not over yet but I believe it will be united at some point I'd like to say I'd like to uh, keep this balanced I always remember the Protestants in my town um, one episode in a pub where we sang the sash the father wore which is a real Protestant Mm. anthem Mm -hmm. and it was a great sense of "Ah, times are better Because you sang it with them. We sang with them. Right. Oh, it was old, but it was beautiful. And its colours, they were fine. It was worn at Derry, Ocker, Meniskill, and the Vine. Oh, my father wore it as a youth in the bygone days of yore. And it's on the twelfth I love to wear the sash me father wore. So, there we go. That was Violence's Personal, our joint reflections of a brilliant road trip around Ireland and Northern Ireland. But we're not stopping there. Next, we're going to Poland. 
don't go there. <laughs> not, uh, not only Poland, but Poland in November. Okay, so coming soon. Um, subscribe. Subscribe, like, whatever you do with podcasts. Come along for the ride. Brilliant.